Um, don't ask us about Ryu till we get to the um, rest slash safe area. So, so you want to do th- char- characters, then start going to the story. When we get to rest safe, ask about Ryu, and then keep going to the story. Yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Baka 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 Podcast. It's amazing how every time you open your mouth, you prove you're an idiot. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a mini-sode of Baka Baka Baka. What is a mini-sode of Baka Baka Baka, you ask? I only know what an episode is where you guys come together and talk about anime you watched over the past two weeks. Well, a mini-sode, we're actually doing that. But it's But mini. (laughs) But it's mini. (laughs) Because we are talking about season four of Is It Wrong to Pick Up Girls in a Dungeon, or better known as... Don Machi. That too. (laughs) So, we're doing a short video or podcast so that jeremy and jason who watched season four um you guys have really liked their analysis of the past couple of seasons so they wanted to keep going they're they're they've been liking it so far we're gonna find out what they thought about season four i'm gonna introduce them first we have jeremy he's the jeremy to my jeremy <laughs> wow that's my favorite Oops. one <laughs> hi that's him and we also have Jason. He's the Jason to my rotten Twinkie. <laughs> Can Twinkies rot? That's the question. Nope. On- only once you eat them. <laughs> so, uh, to be clear, Troy did not watch this. And also, explain our normal rule and why we're doing this in a minisode. It's not a rule. It's more of a guideline. <laughs> oh, it's <right>. a rule. <laughs> when, when we developed the podcast, it was definitely something I was more adamant about. Of We don't want to just keep watching the same anime over and over. We'll never get to new, fresh anime. Uh, you know, we just would watch every season of My Hero Academia and every season of, of One Piece and on and on and on. Um, that if we kept rewatching stuff, we would get tied down. So normally we try to... Never give a anime more than two regular podcast episodes. We figure once we've explored it that much, we're good. However, there are no rules for minisodes, and if hosts definitely want to put in the time, not me, but <laughs> <laughs> these guys, uh, and watch extra content, um, that they will do so and then get to talk about it. And as long as you guys want to he- hear that, we do take requests for that. But it is hard for us to do because we do live busy lives and still have to also watch um, a, a full core of anime every two weeks. So We'll definitely prioritize requests that come with a five-star rating over those that come with a one-star rating. And we have to want to see them, too. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. Too. Which I guess is kind of the same thing, right? Yeah. But if you All do right. have suggestions or things you want us to watch, please leave us some comment. We would be happy to consider it. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Neil. Hello, everyone. This is Troy from the future interrupting the podcast you're listening to in the present because we forgot to drop a spoiler warning. This is your spoiler warning for Don Machi season four, the first half of the season. They will be revealing plot points, characters and all the twists. I will now return you to the present. 
All right. So for season four, let's just get started with what everybody's wanting to know. Tell me about Ryu. <laughs> sure. Well, she's got green hair and she's an elf. I'm kidding. Let's start off with <laughs> Belle. What did you guys think of Belle in this season? Um, I didn't see this turn coming. Um, I knew that, like, obviously he's going to get more powerful. This is a, you know, the, what do you, uh, a shonen ish? Mm. Yeah. Kind of. Shonen, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Cause I mean, he's continually getting po- more power, more powerful. I'm not sure if we've gotten a tournament arc, but, um, it's <laughs> a good point. Uh, he turns on the gas in, this season and i was i'm i was all for it i was here Mm -hmm. for it um to watch him from season one where he's rolling away from a girl because he woke up on her lap which i know troy really liked that scene um (laughs) to him being not just the lead of his party but also the most powerful in his party um was fairly satisfying to watch um and he didn't he didn't lose any of his normal demeanor or niceness or consideration for the people around him um and also like everyone looked up to him and it was earned so i i was i was here for it it was i, I really liked bell this season yeah it was really cool to see how he was not just you know the the powerhouse and the leader and everything but he was the morale of the group like they even start talking about how it, during a, a certain sequence of events where he's not with the group for a short while morale starts to drop and they all start to wonder can we even survive without bell right now like and it wasn't just like can we survive because monsters are really powerful they they start not believing in themselves and that was as much of an issue as what they could actually deliver um and yeah his 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 behavior his character was really enjoyable to watch i watched some videos about his power level to try and understand better why he was so powerful at level four. And I thought it was really interesting. I just want to very, very quickly summarize it. As they level up, each time they level, they have their attributes. They can go up to like 999 for each attribute or higher. Whatever it's at when they level up, that that it drops back down to zero, but that stays there in a hidden value. So Bell is unique in that he has a multiplier from his first ability. So if he really wants to level up, He'll level up faster than anybody else. He'll get like a a quadrupling on his experience gain. And so he winds up with like really, really high numbers. And then when he actually levels onto level two and it resets to zero, he's got really high numbers on the bottom that get a level bonus. And then at the next level, he repeats. So by the time he gets to level four, where he is right now, he's actually got attribute stats that are equivalent to some level fives and level sixes. So, So it's exponential. For him, yeah, he's he's very unique in that way. Um, so it was really cool to see what that power looks like on a level four and how everybody's so surprised about it and everything. Very cool. Well done. So how does that make you feel? <laughs> Feelings? I don't have those. <laughs> I want to go work out, man. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, tell me about his familia. Um, it's funny that they haven't really added any new... Uh, members since season three. So, um, this particular arc, they have to, like, they're given a, uh, basically a bounty 
to go mm-hmm. and quest to go down to what was it 25 or 27 to gather specific uh, materials so i think uh, there was crabs down there they needed the crab shells uh, there were a couple other items they had to go get it was an option <clears throat> like they could either harvest from the animals or get some ore or do this other thing whatever was most likely to succeed Right. And I think this was the first, like, I 100% expected this to be some sort of trap. Like, one of the other gods was giving them yeah. a, a some sort of device to go down and get murdered, right? Uh, but that didn't seem to be the case. This came directly from the guild. This was just a way to not only get more experience, but also get more money for their familia. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I did... It, I think one of the things is I we didn't see much growth from the other characters within the familia, but I did like their part that they did play. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, they did play their part well. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was really cool. It was like watching. Now, I've never actually partaken in a raid <laughs> in, in an MMO, but it's how I imagine a raid would look if you actually had people playing their roles. And like the tank is tanky and the blacksmith is using enchanted items and making sure everybody's got the best equipment and you know, the, the support person's making sure everybody's got their potions and is using enchanted. Like everybody did what they were supposed to do and they work cohesively as a team. And they did bring in four people from, you know, two from one God and two from another God uh, to assist them in this. And just that general cohesion. And they also had, um, what's her name? Uh, Ishara or, yeah i think that's right it's the yeah yeah, the barbarian girl that's like always dressed in uh indian style garments like eastern style garments right or undressed (laughs) um yeah but but i loved how like all of them they even paid attention to the symbol on their outfits right they they all had this symbol and at first i was wondering what is that symbol it's a water enchantment because they were going into a level filled with water Everybody had a little water enchantment symbols for their defense boost. And even this character had it, even though all she had was like underwear and a bra. <laughs> but she had a sash around her waist. And on the sash, you saw water enchantment. And I was like, that is so on the nose for video games. Like, this is yep. perfect. It's like the uh, scale male bikini, but it's got the best protection. So, yeah, it was great. The, the fam- familia is interesting and the party is really interesting. Nice. So how did that make you feel? <laughs> like, I want to watch more. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually uh, looking forward to getting into the next half of the season, um, especially at the end. So, uh, Any call-outs about the party itself? I thought it was cool that they got a proper healer. Because they, like, yeah. Jeremy was spot on with the whole raid thing in the party, because... Um, that's one thing that they're missing. Like they've got someone to buff them. They've got a support for, uh, which actually, okay. So that is one thing that I'd like to call out for, um, uh, uh, Lily is she, she took on the new role of like strategist. So she stood back because she couldn't fight because the monsters were too high level they weren't picking up loot nearly as often because they weren't getting as many fights. So she didn't really have much to provide except to carry stuff. Mm-hmm. So she, uh, one of the other familia 
uh, trained her to be a strategist. So she stood in the back, she watched the battlefield and she gave commands. And, and that was pretty, that was really neat to see. Yeah. If you think about it as in the context of like, let's say Diablo, right? Diablo two or three, you, you would have characters that are super high leveled and they stand there and they say, Hey, if you want to go to the end boss, just tag along. Let me know. I'll take you there. Right. Lily is level one. So if you think back to like the attributes, she's got, you know, maybe triple digits, but she does not have over a thousand in any attribute because she has not broken into level two. And there's no way she's getting past 999 on anything. So, uh, Bell. Aisha. It, that's what he, sorry. Yeah, Aisha. That was it. Yep. Bell, we're looking at Bell being around like 4,000 something. And the other characters that are level three and, and well, Aisha's level four, but everybody else is like level three and some are level two. They're going to be mostly over one to 2,000, right? So Lily is right now being level one. She can get one shot by these monsters. Just regular map monsters, not bosses. So I think this is really fascinating because it pulls in um, for this side character. It pulls in stakes and it pulls in um, the, the kind of scenarios that you would that you would see if you were playing uh, with an underleveled character going into a really dangerous map. And that's really cool. All right. I just have a quick follow up question. <laughs> How does that you make real. you feel? <laughs> no, no, no. You, not me. <laughs> It was enjoyable for me. Fantastic. Hi, my name is Troy. I'm also one of the hosts here. I would like you to know there's going to be spoilers for this anime. Oh, shoot. <laughs> I guess that was implicit. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they figured it out pretty quickly. Well, and, you know, Troy has editing powers, but who am That's I to true. say anything? <laughs> You want me to do the work of going back in time and letting them know that they are about to be spoiled? I mean, never mind. Yep. All right. <laughs> so, obviously, I haven't seen it, but I would just assume we can break this down into four story parts. So, I would say the first part is that the gathering party section. So, your guys' thoughts on that and any quick uh, recap there. Obviously, we're in the spoiler section, so feel free to just divulge any details you guys want. Um, you are so astute. <laughs> it, it was it, it was interesting because in other seasons the gods they tend to work together, but there's also this political game where they're kind of vying either for control or just their own. Sorry about that. That's my cat. <laughs> it's it's a nice zone. This is the highlight of the podcast. Is he right. purring on the microphone. Yes. <laughs> yes. I didn't realize it. Jason's ASMR. <laughs> Right. We were gonna get so many viewers. <laughs> Here's my pepper. He's got his boots on because we took his coat. Okay, Aww. now it's just getting buggy. Um so it's interesting that in this season we didn't really see like we get one episode where we get the gods kind of conversing with each other, but they didn't really play too much of a hand in this season as far as how the events played out. So it was cool to see that as Hestia reached out to the different familias that they were able to get cooperation uh, with very little pushback. So, um, but th this part went by pretty quick. Yeah. Jason, how is that cat making you feel? <laughs> very loved. <laughs> Jeremy, did you have any extra thoughts? 
No, um, this part, uh, it was good, but I thought it was the least interesting of the, of, of the whole thing. Uh, I'm super eager to get into what comes next. And we all know what comes next is when they first delve past floor 25. <laughs> Who could forget <laughs> such an epic time? Your guys' thoughts on this story part. Um, I think I really liked the aesthetics. So the first thing that jumped out at me was this, like all the other seasons when they go into the dungeon, it, it looks very similar. Like they have to tell you which floor they're on in order for you to really understand, oh, they are deeper or they're not very deep. Everything's got this like blue hue to it. There's very little vegetation. Um, and most of the waters are aquatic monsters. In fact, the majority of them are just crabs. Uh, but um, these are big crabs. I didn't even realize right? that at first. <laughs> um, but what I found interesting about their adventure down there is once they got into floor 25, the mood of the party changed because in past seasons, they're like, oh, it's dangerous. And they just kind of march on. They start killing monsters. Right. This turned super tactical because mm -hmm. They were very hesitant about approaching a lot of these monsters. They're like, we don't go in the water because there's this huge like falls thing. We are going to stay as a group um, and we're going to fight these monsters as a group because of how dangerous they are. Um, there is a little little tangent where someone's like, is that a coral pearl? Yeah. <laughs> and they like completely like they start jumping the river, they which break they said rules. they were going to do just to go get more money. And at, Lily was like, we are not going to break the rules. And she's like, wait, is that a pearl over there? OK, fine. Go get it. But come right back. <laughs> yep. Um, and then, of course, Belle has to meet a new hottie, which yeah. that was that, that, that seemed a little unnecessary, like, but it yeah. had, you know, right on the nose. And she and she loves him immediately. Right. Yeah. Because, she even uh, says, I love you. Like, right. Why? <laughs> but um, there was one ahead. thing I wanted to, to mention really quick, and that is even the formation of the party as they're exploring, they don't state why they're taking the formation they're taking. But if you pay attention, Bella's at the front with the two guys and Aisha is, is bringing up the rear. Like right. they even just implicitly the way that they're maneuvering through this dungeon, this level of the dungeon is realistic for we are in a life threatening scenario and we have to take it very seriously. Um, and their goal is actually to set up camp in the previous level. And then every day they're going to come down and they're going to explore a little bit and then go back up and sleep in the previous level because it's too dangerous here. Like, Right. It's such a different flavor from anything we've experienced so far with, with Danmachi. Which, speaking of danger, this is where they run into their first really tough monster, who is actually a monster from a higher floor, yeah. but he started killing other monsters and eating their gems to become more powerful. And there's quite a few antics with it, so I don't think I want to go into every single mm -hmm. fight they get in with this thing, but it's a multiple episode fight that they get in with this thing. And what's, smart. what's notable about it, though, is it mm -hmm. it's a moss monster. And so if they blow off an arm, it just regrows it because it's moss. Uh, but what, what's not notable is it fires these projectiles that if they hit you, it, you start growing itself in you. So they come across a couple adventurers that have been um, 
attacked by it. And this is where the anime from previous seasons turns mm-hmm. and turns dark. Mm-hmm. Like I did not expect this anime to get this dark because of just how lighthearted that the premise is. Right. Um, and so like they, they find uh, somebody dead with this moss stuff grown all over him. And it's like, that's weird for this anime. Um, but J- Jeremy, what do you think of the, the moss monster? I love this monster. His expression, they do such a good job with his expression. He has like this goofy grin because he is smart. He's cunning. He has a pile of adventurers that are dead that he has just hidden away. He literally hides the bodies of adventurers. And the reason he goes after them is because he can smell the crystals. He doesn't really care about the adventurers. He wants the crystals because he levels up as he gets the crystals. And so um, there's even a point where he recognizes the threat Bell poses because Bell has a fireball that he can shoot. And the creature already understands magic and he's you know aware that it's very dangerous. So when he sees that, he grabs Bell by the leg, leaps into the water, and then just kind of throws Bell down into the water and Bell shoots out. So problem solved, right? And he then, goes down the massive waterfall I mentioned earlier. Yeah, and he winds up a few levels down. That's where he meets Mermaid Girl and everything. But this moss, they call it a moss huge. This thing is smart enough to formulate tactics, set traps, hide bodies. Um, it is, it's ridiculous. And when the, when the healer of the group tries healing them, it makes the moss grow yeah. faster in their body. So it was like, they're, they're trying to debate, do we go back to our camp and go up? and risk them just being consumed or do we kill this thing? And hopefully it being a parent of these, uh, mm-hmm. off, you know, offshoots, the offshoots will die. Um, and so that, that was, that was cool to watch that decision-making because now they've lost bell and they're like, we don't, mm-hmm. we're not sure what to do. And beyond that, the creature starts like gathering the other monsters and scaring them into charging them as a group. I was wondering, though, with this monster, how do you distinguish? I mean, obviously, you can distinguish it through intent. But philosophically, this monster is intelligent. It recognizes threats. It's almost smart enough to communicate. Like, if it wanted to, I bet it could communicate with you. How is it really that different from the Xenos in anything other than intent? You know what I mean? Well, its intent was fairly evil, so... Sure. But, I mean, I, I, I guess... I guess that's my point. Obviously, intent is important, but like the Xenos can speak, they can act, they can decide to fight. This thing just is like a Xenos that went bad, even though it's not. It's an irregular. I could could agree with that. Yeah. I I just thought it was kind of weird because the anime never makes that connection. But I think that's, you know. Uh, But I mean, the the mermaid is semi-connected to the Xenos and she's afraid of it, too. So, Mm -hmm. Oh, she is a Xenos as far as I understood. Oh, that's right. She just got left behind because she can't yep. walk on land. Yep. Um. So yeah, they they end up kill, like Bell finally makes his way back. He's learned some new cool moves. He finds out he's more powerful than this thing. He kills it. Um. And then they ba- end up back to the rest area. Right. So this mermaid he met. Did she come with him? No. No. She. So she's important because she has mermaid blood, which heals. That's really the main reason they introduced her. Um, that'll come in to play later. <laughs> well, and also and, so you could get, you know, 
close-up shots of her chest. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I took notes, and the only notes I took for the mermaid are bubes. <laughs> because suddenly now he's – he because she – okay, she comes up, and she's just got hair – her hair covering her boobs, right? She doesn't have on a mermaid bra, which is, you know – and, of course, Belle is, like, freaking out. It's, it's a small scene, but he is. He's, like, freaking out. So she goes underwater, and she brings up the aerial bra. And I'm like, okay, so bubes are suddenly important. <laughs> So how did that remove glasses for dramatic effect <laughs> make you feel? I felt like this anime understood me. Got all right. <laughs> so we're on to the rest safe area, and this is where I assume we meet Ryu. Ryu. I was talking about the Street Fighter character. Who are you talking about? <laughs> so one of the maids from the tavern on the surface she's Obviously. the badass one that helped with the big monster in season one i think language yeah the bad, the bad monster. <laughs> he, he was naked um was. so we learned in i think last season that her whole familia was slaughtered and she had a vendetta well come to find out so well what happens is they discover a murder mm-hmm. she gets blamed for the murder um, and so, uh, they decide to put together a hunting party for her and Belle doesn't believe it. Belle's like, there's no way she could have killed. So there's no way she's a murderer. Uh, I trust her. We've adventured together and she's a member of my harem. So, yeah. <laughs> so they decide to join the hunting party for her so that they can get to her first because they start to defend her and everyone's going, are you in league with her? Um, so also there's a couple characters that instantly become suspicious because of how strongly they want to go after her. And also that's like instantly accusing her, uh, of, of this murder. So, mm-hmm. uh, oh. party. Oh yeah. That's the other thing. They, mm-hmm. they, once they killed the monster, the moss healed. And so they go up to the rest area to everyone healed by the time this murder is found, everyone's ready to go. Yeah. Uh, we should also mention that I think her name was Cassandra, the healer. She's yes. got prophetic dreams, and the gods even do like chime in in their own conversations and say that yeah, these are real. She has the foretelling or the seeing or whatever it's called, and so she's constantly through this entire like ten episodes is like a broken record. Oh, something bad's gonna happen! Please don't. Let's not go down. It kind of gets a little bit old, but um, it it does add some interesting. Like, you're always wondering, oh, was this what she was talking about? Was it, was it this? Was it that? Well, because she had a dream before they went down to the green monster, thinking everything was going to go bad. Mm-hmm. And everything ended up fine. So, she because she was like, oh, I had a dream where everyone's covered in moss and we're all dead. And then it's like, that didn't happen. So, yeah. she's just like, oh, well, maybe that didn't work. But then uh, she has another nightmare while they're at the rest stop. And so, she's like, ah, oh, more problems. Specifically, she sees everyone in the party just, you know, murdered, right? Like decapitated. Yeah, completely dissected. Um, so they, they go down after her. Um, and yeah, that's, that's kind of where that was at. After Ryu, yeah. So yeah. what are you guys' thoughts on the character? I did not expect it to go this turn. Um, I knew that she wanted revenge. Um, I thought she'd already gotten her revenge. Uh, so did she. <laughs> um, 
Also, come to find out how she got her revenge was kind of messed up, too. I didn't realize this character is straight up like she I have a hard time not saying she's not evil. Yeah, she's morally Um, gray. That's for sure. (laughs) She seems to have just revenge intentions, even though they are justified. Mm -hmm. The way she goes about it is a little messed up. Uh, Again, I didn't expect this anime to go this dark. Um, so it was cool to see her character do that, right? Mm-hmm. Also, she she's level four as well, right? So she's super powerful. No, I think she's higher. I think she's at least five. Oh, is she five? Okay. Yeah. Uh, also, like the blonde that he's been in love with for so long, Ice, I think her name is. Uh, she's uh, like Ice. level five. And there's some level sixes back in town. Actually, that's one thing. We, we have not seen her yet. No. Oh, Ryu's level six. Oh, re- oh, okay. So that's why she's so strong. Mm-hmm. And how does that make you feel? Uh, again, I didn't expect this anime to go this direction. What about you, Jeremy? How did it make you feel? I felt. And it was wonderful. I'll ask the questions here, right? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I would call the last section Despair monster so that's the thing that she uh cassandra keeps complaining about is that she's like uh it will be a banquet of tragedy despair is coming and so we're on she's unsure what that means but she keeps repeating it we learn a little bit of rules about the dungeon so when damage happens to the structure of the dungeon so like the walls or pillars or whatever the dungeon actually starts repairing itself. I didn't realize that it was this self-repairing entity. Um, and when it's doing that, it stops spawning monsters. So that's one of the ways uh, the party's able to make a safe spot on the floor is they'll clear a bunch of brush and they'll like flatten out some area. And because the dungeon's going to then try to repair that area, in the area, monsters won't spawn. As they're looking for Ryu, uh, this this huge party. So, like, from the town, from the rest area of town, we're talking, what, 50 mm-hmm. to 100 yeah. go down looking for Ryu? Because mm-hmm. they, they all know that she could just murder them outright. So, like, well, maybe if we're in numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they, so come to find out, those suspicious people are laying what they call... What are they? Fire gems? Yeah, firebombs. Yeah, they're basically firebombs. Mm-hmm. And so we're unsure why they're doing it. And also, like, they're acting more and more suspicious as they go deeper and deeper and they get to floor 25. Um, come to find out the main guy that was interrogating or not, or like antagonizing the group to go after Ryu is actually part of the familia that she wanted revenge on. Mm-hmm. Um, That's. Turk was the one that was doing that. This was this was like some guy they found down there. He wasn't part of their group. Oh, that's right. That's right. right. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the, uh, so yeah, the, the instigator dude, he's acting more and more suspicious. He's laying these mm-hmm. bombs. They find Turk. Uh, who no, they, find, the... they find a guy. Turk was the instigator. Turk was the instigator. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm glad you're keeping me straight. Okay. Um, He's badly injured. This mm-hmm. This dude I'm talking about. Um, 
he's like he's he's a fox. What is his person. name? It's like ja, Joss or Jav. Uh, I can't remember um, what it is. Yeah, it began with a J. <laughs> nice. But he's missing an arm and an ear, right? So, um, and so they're they're like trying to help him out. He runs away from the group because he's like scared, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so when they find him, he's actually part. So in season three, we had the the arc of the familia that was going into the dungeon and capturing monsters and then mind controlling them. Well, he's part of that, and he starts mind controlling these two very large snake monsters that are near, like not quite boss level of this zone, but they're super, super dangerous. Um, so they one attacks the group, and the other one attacks uh, Bell and Ryu because Bell finally finds Ryu. This guy, this like he reve- he, he reveals himself. He's not really injured. He dressed himself up to be injured. So he oh, can no. get down he's, and attack he's, you. He's injured. Those are injuries that she uh, did to him years ago when she right. thought she killed him. Oh, you mean he's not currently suffering any new injuries? The missing ear and the missing armor from before. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when she thought she had killed him. Yeah. Um. So they they have to fight. So we find out that the, this was all an elaborate trap mm-hmm. to get Ryu. Because she's so powerful, there was no way he was going to be able to kill her uh, unless he used really powerful monsters. And he couldn't get to the really powerful monsters unless he had a a, a group to go down there with him with. Mm-hmm. Um, they battle these snake things. They win. But what they didn't realize is that they set up... Or, so, during the fight, they set off these charges and it just wrecks an entire floor of 20, like uh, of an area of 27. We learned something new about the dungeon. Mm -hmm. And this is where it goes super dark. Uh, If you do too much damage to the dungeon, the dungeon responds, but in a defensive way, it doesn't just like go, okay, now I'm going to stop. I'm going to try repairing. It goes into like a preservation mode and it summons this monster that they call despair. Mm-hmm. It's like and, a massive antibody basically from the dungeon. Right. And uh, in, in fact, at one point bell stabs it where it's gem is supposed to be. There's no gem. Uh, this thing has a shield that you can't hurt it with magic. In fact, it amplifies the magic and sends it back at you. This thing is literally meant to just clean house to allow the dungeon to repair. And when you say antibody, I mean, this is exactly what this thing is. Yep. Um, again, I did not expect the anime to go this dark. Mm-mm. Characters we've met before are just like kind of doing two, their thing. And her two guy buddies that were there for the first season to fight the big Goliath guy. And, right. and yeah, they were important and bell met them and they, they were in the water taking the bath and everything. Right. Very important. You don't, you don't put one of the potential harem girls in the bath and then have despair run her through with its claws. Yeah. So right. that's, that's the first thing we see with despair is just a torso. Uh-huh. And, like massive amounts of 
blood everywhere. And he just rips apart one party. And then, like, the other people, like, hear screams throughout the dungeon. Um, and I love it because they're like, oh, do you hear that? Do you hear that? It screams. It screams. It it stopped. <laughs> oh, that's not good. <laughs> it's not good at all. No. So it's a couple of scenes with this thing just absolutely murdering. Like, yeah. it, it, it ends up going, like, through three, three parties before it finally gets to Bell. Um, and this monster capture guy his whole thing was this is how the so Ryu's familia slighted this other or they they went after and stopped this other familia from monster catching they were so upset with that that they set a trap with this exact monster and it murdered the entire familia of Ryu's that's why she wants revenge well this guy summoned it again so that he could get control of it to kill Ryu. And just to have as his yeah, pet. Because um, this thing's just that powerful. Yeah. There is um I I want to add a little bit of nuance. You're probably just skipping it to save time, but I'm gonna do it anyways. Yeah, um, yeah please do. Um the the previous family that killed hers, like she was the Astria family, there was this group of families called Evilis, right? And and this group of families wanted I don't remember exactly what they wanted to do, but they basically wanted to one of the things was to take the monsters, catch them and then do experiments on them and all kinds of stuff like that because they were trying to, instead of going down and beating the dungeon in the way that all of the regular families are doing, these guys wanted to use it for some evil thing. Hence the name Evilis, right? <laughs> like it's on the nose. Um, and so that's why the, the Astria family was like part of the group of families that were working against them and trying to stop these atrocities that were happening. And so that's why the Astria family took them out, basically. But they... Uh, they didn't take Evilis out, though. <laughs> Evilis wound up setting a trap for them because they were annoying. They were constantly showing up and stopping them from doing things. And so they set that trap thinking they would just collapse the dungeon on them. But instead, this creature got released. And this guy, he saw it and he's like, that's so much power. I, w I, wanna, I want that creature. And so with the experiments that were done in the last season, they created these special whips that let you just take control of any monster you can get the whip to attach to. And so he wanted this creature to do that, and he figured, I'll kill two birds with one stone. I'll get this creature. The creature will kill Ryu, and then I won't have my nightmares anymore because, you know, she won't be around to haunt me. And uh, things don't go so well for him. He does get the creature, but... Um, it's yeah, he gets the, the leech leash on the creature, but the creature doesn't yeah. have a gem, so his torso yep. goes. Yep, something. Ah, that make you feel happy. Uh, scared. Well, <laughs> happy for that he was gone, but so yeah. Bell. This is why I asked the hard hitting questions. Right. <laughs> Bell being all sort, you know, I'm super powerful. I can take this thing on. Uh, he does a decent job, and he actually lands some blows. Yeah. And then he loses a hand. Mm -hmm. There's actually yeah. there there is a scene where it like hand flying through the air goes into the water. He starts screaming, and then he takes the tail to the neck, and it looks like it kills him. Yeah, it broke like, his neck. Yeah, mm -hmm. and so like he falls into the water. Mermaid heals him up. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, this this monster wrecked him. And uh, what what happens before he comes back? 
Um, uh, during the time he's gone, Ryu is protecting Bors. Bors is the last person, basically, from the group that came down to hunt her. And he's also an important character from the first season in Fighting the Goliath. Like, he's the guy that was in charge in that rest area in the dungeons. And, and so he's like the take charge boss down there. And he's the only one that's still alive. And he's not that powerful. So he's not alive because he's, you know, outfought the creature. He's alive because he's been lucky so far and it's killed everyone else and not him. <laughs> and so Ryu is now leaping in to try and get buy him time to escape but this puts her in a position where you know she's vulnerable the creature gets her wounds her so by the time he comes back up she's just kind of laying on the ground recovering that's right and also because the the monster has found an obstacle that it can't just immediately dispatch the dungeon then summons the floor boss two weeks early which is a double-headed dragon and it attacks the rest of bell's party Mm -hmm. um really anybody that's trying to leave because it it doesn't want you to it doesn't want you to leave it's like everybody in this level will die (laughs) nobody i'm not trying to scare you away i'm not (laughs) trying to say get out you're all dead (laughs) right yes in fact yeah the 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 floor boss collapses all of the exits Mm mm-hmm to trap yeah. them in there. So um, there's some sweet battles. They finally actually collapse the roof on it, which uh, just like seems to immobilize it. I'm not, did they, did they actually defeat it, defeat it? Uh, no, I think you might be in like a next episode or two. Cause uh, the dragon just appears like it comes up the waterfall and like appears at the end of this episode. Okay. So yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm might be a little bit too far. I, I watched farther too. So <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> um, but but we so did the... mention like what happened with Bella. Wait, 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 wait. I need to ask the viewer something. Uh-oh. Oh, no. How does that make you feel? <laughs> going ahead. <laughs> I feel betrayed. <laughs> Troy was very invested in only watching episodes one through eleven. <laughs> um so the, the monster's name is Juggernaut, apparently. Mm-hmm. The Despair uh, Monster. Yeah, the Despair Monster. Um, and so Bell comes back? Or yeah. just back? He comes back up. Uh, they do a couple of maneuvers, but they're really not going to beat this thing. And uh, and so he, what winds up happening is the the last snake wakes up, the one that survived but was knocked out. And because this guy used the command with his whip and he said, kill them, specifically them, um, the snake heard it, too, because it was still under control. So when it woke up, it came after them, chomped them both. Right. And then the thing has the ability to go between levels. And that doesn't mean, oh, it's going to go from 25 to 26. That means it might go to 37, (laughs) 35. And so, yeah. So yeah, so that's right. Bell and Ryu are massively injured, um, and they're just in a cave. It's dark, and Ryu's barely alive still, and Bell is injured. Like I think he, he one of his arms is broken. Yep. And uh, there, he's unsure what's about to happen. Yeah, so cause think- they're they're in like level thirty five or thirty six or something at this point. 
the Milky Palace, I think they called it, something like that. All of the, the colors and everything are different. Yeah. Uh, it's all like white and really different. Milky. Yeah. And he is so far out of uh, his level <laughs> zone. Yeah. Like this is so far. It's like it's like Lily being where she was in level 25, basically. <laughs> so I think that's where it leaves us off, right? Mm hmm. Yeah. So yep. that would be. Yeah. So we've got we got a big fight coming up between the level boss and his party. And then we've got him and Ryu surviving on level 35 until they can either escape or get help. Yep. So I know how that makes me feel. Don't, don't wait, ask. wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So how would you summarize your feelings for these first, the first half of the season? I am excited to get to the next part. Mm. Um, like I said, uh, you know, we, we've watched all three seasons going into this. I did. I thought it was going to just be more girls, mm-hmm. uh, more antics, you know, uh, more bell growing in power. And we got like re zero level of dark. Yeah. Like turn. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had, there was no way I could have seen any of this coming. Um, and to lose like side characters that I not mm-hmm. only recognized, but like was kind of sad to see go. Yeah. Um, was super different. So like right now I'm, I'm going to give it this a five. Like this is like, mm-hmm. I am so Jones in to go watch the rest of this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in the same exact boat. It's a five for me. Absolutely loved it. I, the only thing that I thought would have made it better is if the elves, right? Because the, the, the Moss Huge was taking out a party of elves and a party of dwarves, and all of the party members from both of those survived, even though it looked, for all intents and purposes, like they didn't. Like, there's a scene where the Moss Huge, like, goes into this area where there's these crystals all around, and there's these three elves that are just kind of, they're all covered in vines, and they're sitting there shaking, and they're, they're begging for their lives, like, no, please don't, and he's got a club, and he just starts going to town. And you don't get to see, but you hear screams and splats. And I thought, oh, they're dead. <laughs> and then later, two of them are alive, and we don't see the third one. And I thought, okay, so the third one's dead. But the other two are alive, but impaired. And then later, we see that even the third one survived. And I was like, okay, come on. That's right. cheap. But then when they when they came back later, and they let the despair monster actually get kills, I, I was much more like... Um, Way more invested for me. Yeah, exactly. That's it. I was more invested. Things are at stake. Not everybody. Like, the the elves were side characters. I don't even know their names. Like, I don't care about them. I've never seen them before. And you protected them. Um, So I thought we were going to have the same situation throughout. And we did not. So, So, very happy. Season one and two was very bubblegummy. Almost Mm -hmm. harem-ish. Season Mm -hmm. three got a little dark with the slavery stuff. But was still in that lighter tone of Bell being the, you know, center of his own harem. This went super dark. Stakes are high. Um, it doesn't feel like the same anime, really. It really, it really doesn't. It, it's, it's, it's fantastic. I'm so really, really digging it. It doesn't feel that way. How does it make you feel? <laughs> I think Troy. 
is on to something here. We have an award-winning journalist here. Just <laughs> we really do interviewing hard questions. Asking what the people here. want to know, Jason. Right. Well, that was very fascinating, guys. I loved every minute of not watching it. <laughs> uh, if our listening audience wants to hear the second half of what your guys' thoughts, we're putting it behind a paywall. <laughs> Can you imagine we, if we, we did like not that? Make- Right? That, we did not make that decision as a group. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, um, so, yeah, our next episode will be back to Lum. And then we will oh, talk about the, the mini-sode. So about two weeks from this one, it should be. And then we'll uh, these guys will finish up their review of Season 4 of this anime. <laughs> Don Machi. And I guarantee, by the end, you will know... How it made them feel. <laughs> Guys, if you have any thoughts on the first half of this season, please let us know on our Twitter account at Baka Podcast. The, <laughs> or our we- you know what? Go to our website. Forget <laughs> social media. Go to our website, theanimatedbakaclub.com. Like so Contact us. It's just crazy town out there. Our website, other than Jeremy updating it with new episodes, never changes. That's it's right. always there for you. Um, or you can reach out to us wherever you found the podcast. We need to get going. I think it's time for us to say goodbye. Thanks for listening. See you next time. How does that make... Sayonara! <laughs>